listener exclusive. It is a Monday, May the 9th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And football can go and get stuffed. I mean, it's. It, I knew it was going to come at some point this season um, that we'd both have uh, uh, losses on the weekend, uh, dispiriting losses on the weekend, and that we'd have to talk about it. Like last year when the Saints had such a bad season, like I, I barely watched any football. Like I, I, I you know, I listened to the, the, I got the footnotes of the round and then I'd come and talk about it. But, you know, now this is like a proper job and stuff. We have to talk about it. I'm like, ugh, we're at round eight. <laughs> Hopefully this doesn't continue because it's going to be a real, it's going to be a real yuck fest with you and I talking about our teams. <laughs> Well, I'm going to agree. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to agree to disagree with you, Charlie. You say that football is stuffed. I counter with this argument. Football is fucked. Why (laughs) are we doing this stupid fucking (laughs) podcast about this dumb fucking game? You know what? Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually retract my earlier statement. Uh, 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 I apologize. Um, it's not it's not stuffed and it's not fucked. It's fine. Uh, I just had oh, a weekend. Football's fine. Our relationship with our relationship is fucked <laughs> and stuffed. Like football itself is doing fine. Football's moved on without us. There are a lot of we were in a relationship with football and we thought it was a happy relationship, but we've discovered that other people are in much happier relationships than we are. Well, it's, it is, that, that is exactly the feeling. Like, cause I'm seeing everyone talking up like, you know, uh, Essendon's game and Carlton's game. And I'm like, but two weeks ago, that was us. Like the footy community loved us, the saints. Remember us? Hey guys, we're still here. And it's like, nah, nah, they've already moved on. Forget about it. Yesterday's news. You're wrapping fish and chips, St. Kilda. No, no one's loved us at all. This yeah. year, like there hasn't been a moment of love for the Bulldogs. We've had a couple of easy kills, but there's never been anything that has reignited the love. And as someone who's had so many other things on my plate, like my time that I've had to dedicate to being able to watch football has been so minimal. And mm. nothing about my team's performance this year is really attracting me back to it. I'm like, maybe this is a good year for the Bulldogs to be really shit because I do not have time to support them regardless. Did you see the game on Friday? No. Nah. Right, okay. Well, uh, let me walk you through it. Oh, <laughs> First quarter was pretty to. exciting and high scoring, and then it all just fell apart. Uh, look, it felt like things were off to a, a bad start, uh, not just for the Bulldogs, but uh, the Omens were there. Um, so the first quarter was a pretty tight contest, high scoring, free-flowing footy. Everyone was very excited. We were like, oh, this is good. This is going to be a good game. Um, and then we come back from the ad break uh, to hear Gary Lyon and Nick Revolt uh, give their thoughts on the first quarter, and this is what happened. Both teams have found their goals in different ways, Brownie. Fear, uh, Brownie. <laughs> I'm Nick. Sorry, So, Gaz, off the bat, mistakes Nick Revolt for Jonathan Brown. Now, I mean, <laughs> that is a tough thing to mistake, I would imagine. Like, one of them, like, is a guy with a shaved head who looks like a mound mountain who talks like he's Russell Crowe doing a voiceover for the ALP launch. Like and an Easter one... Island statue come to life, Jonathan <laughs> Brown. I mean, both courageous players, both who would run back with no fear for their own safety to take a courageous mark on the forward line, like, played in a very similar way, but could not look more dissimilar. <laughs> like, I mean, really, if you're going to mistake two dudes, they are not the two dudes you're mistaking. It's funny. I actually, uh, your mate Howie uh, has a fantastic podcast, The Howie Games. And Nick Revolt uh, was the guest this week or, or on the latest episode. And like St Kilda, for all its kind of shortcomings in that grand final era of 09 and 10, the one thing we can hang our hat on is we've produced three sterling media performers. Oh. Like Joey, Nick Revolt, Nick Del Santo. Outstanding. And like Nick Revolt is such a fascinating person to listen to. Like to him, him and Howie, they spend 15 minutes this podcast talking about their favorite books. They don't even, it's like this show. They don't even talk about football. Yeah. What I love about, you write about St Kilda and I think that like they should take that into account with clubs. <laughs> like it should be part of your like premiership story is that like, 
you know, what happens afterwards. So it should be this sort of thing of going, yes, we count the premierships that we won, but we've also produced, say, like five premiership coaches yeah. and like three, you know, assistant premiership coaches and an AFL media performer of the year. Like yeah. all those things <laughs> that you've added to the AFL landscape should be taken into account. And do you think there should also be like a Joker award? Like it's the best ma best Mad Monday player. Like, you know, Favola would have won that like a few years running, right? The best Mad Monday clown. I think that there should be. There should be like a series of awards at the end of the year that you can tally up and you can go, you know what? Like we won the wooden spoon, but we also <laughs> won the best pink dildo at Mad Monday <laughs> award. So they can both go in the trophy cabinet, the spoon and the dildo. Now, there was just a, a moment uh, on Friday night in the first game. Obviously, Frio played uh, North in the other game, but that was kind of like a, a foregone conclusion. So I spent most of my time watching the Port and Dogs. Now, I don't know how you feel about BT as a commentator. I don't hate him with the vitriol that a lot of people seem to, to hate BT. I, I quite like his kind of, you know, WWE colour commentator flair. But there was just one bit of commentary that I was just like, oh, like... I, look, I don't, I don't feel it, but I can understand. So uh, uh, um, Houston, the, the uh, uh, port forward, was lining up for a goal, oh, yeah. and this is what, okay. and this is what BT had to say. Got a funny little skip, and he's set shot routine where he kicks the back heel up, a bit like a donkey. We'll see it here in just a moment, and about now, there it is. Comes in, kick on the way, coming back, coming, coming, coming. Not enough. Also, that last bit feels last like bit. how he describes his sexual experience. Yeah, <laughs> coming, was... coming, coming. <laughs> oh, not enough. Bad well, work, BT. When I was asking Podcast Mike to grab that clip, I was like, oh, do I cut it off before the coming, coming, coming? Because <laughs> it is a bit disturbing. But I'm like, no, I think it <laughs> colours the whole thing. But it's, it's this weird kind of, it's the things that he chooses to focus on. Like that little weird donkey kick. Like I'm sure if maybe you're like a goal-kicking coach or something like that, oh yeah, you would pay attention to that. But... It is inconsequential to the game. Like it is, that, that is a moment where maybe you just don't talk at all. You just let the, the audience just soak in the atmosphere of the game and let the tension build about whether, a, whether or not Houston's going to kick the goal. Well, you know what I like about uh, BT is that he finds everything, that's a bit interesting. Like yeah. anything that isn't the absolute 100% mainstream opinion about the way that people do things to him is real weird. And he always describes it as that's a bit interesting. He's a bit interesting. He's got an interesting look. He's got an interesting kick. And I always think that like observational comedians, like if you watch Jerry Seinfeld and you didn't know he was a comedian, you'd be like, why are people laughing at this poor guy? He doesn't understand how a mobile phone works. He's like, what is the deal with aeroplanes? Like, he doesn't understand anything about the world. And that is how BT tends to commentate about the game of AFL. If anything out of the ordinary, that's what he absolutely focuses on. Now, uh, when it comes to commentators, uh, Kane Corns, big favourite of this show, I feel like something has shifted in the media oh. landscape, much like after Donald Trump's successful run for president. You noticed every politician sort of shift their game to be like, oh, okay, this is how you win votes is you just come out and you be bombastic and you make outrageous statements and you'll never apologize. So over the weekend, it feels like there's a couple of people put their hands up to be the new Cane Corns. So Cane Corns kicked it off and it was so Cane Corns that I, I didn't even put it on the run sheet. I'm like, Phew. so Cane Corns comes out last week and says, is Alistair Clarkson overrated? Are we all overrating Alistair Clarkson? Sure. Thank God. He's won four, he's won somebody, four. Somebody said it. <laughs> He's won four flags, but the last six years were mediocre. So is he yeah. overrated? And so then I'm like, okay, well, that's good. But, you know, it's, that's pretty mild on the, on the Kane scale of things. I'm not going to bring that to the show. But then Mick Malthouse comes out and says, Fremantle should trade Nat Fife. Yep. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, Mick Malthouse has piped up. And then Lingy. Well, I mean, to be honest, though, like, I mean, if, you know, if Fremantle are going to compete against Essendon in this year's grand final then they really don't need Nat Five, Right, Mick Malthouse? <laughs> like, talking about people who need to shut the fuck up. Old Mick needs to, like, he just, like, wakes up in bed every day and he's like, Nanette, I've got one today. I'll get in my pyjamas and I'll roll out there and I'll say that Freo needs to trade Nat Five. Well, then Cameron Ling, of all people, the mayor of Geelong, who never has a bad word to say no. about anybody, comes out after Essendon's shock win against the Hawks and he says, I've got the quote here, Miracle at Marvel? Did I miss something? 
A few blokes pulled out before the game with the flu and they beat a team who's won three games for the year and then in bold, they've put the quote in bold. Someone needs to explain to me why this was a win for the ages. Cameron Ling. He's been hacked. Yeah. There is no doubt in my mind. Like when some politician likes an image from Cum Dumper 69, <laughs> I know that they have actually done that. But there is no way. If Lingy comes out today and goes, my Twitter account was hacked, I'd be like, I believe that. There is no way those words have come from Cameron Ling. Are you uh, are you assuming he was hacked by another media performer, like a Kane Corns type? Or are you saying it's just oh, generally just some... You know, some, it might be something... It was anonymous. <laughs> Where they're seeing the heat that Seven, like that Kane Corns is getting, and Seven are like, we need some of that, and they're like, Lingy can't say that stuff; it just doesn't come naturally out of his mouth. Like he's the nicest guy going around, but his Twitter account, he can hand that over to some grumpy intern mm. who can start having hot takes on Twitter just under the name Cameron Ling. Do you think? Okay, so look, we don't count ourselves among, as AFL commentators, as you know, no. media performers. We we see ourselves as separate to that. Yes. But if you nor were, does like, anyone else, for the record, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we're not the only people who don't see ourselves as AFL commentators. So, with that license, we yes. allow ourselves to be very critical and hold petty grievances against certain players and teams. You know, we don't hide our disdain for teams like Carlton and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but um, to be fair, our things are based on nothing. Yes, we need to always point this out <laughs> that all our petty grievances about things that we don't. We barely understand and don't fully comprehend. So, yeah. like, we just are speculating randomly. We are idiots throwing mud out the cave at the sun. We don't yeah. know what it is. That big, scary, shiny thing outside the cave we don't like. So, we're just throwing mud at it. We don't We don't know why we're doing it. We're just doing it. Uh, but do you think... So, just say, hypothetically, mm-hmm. um, Channel 7, they sign you up. They offer you, they offer you like, money too good to refuse. They want yeah. you on the commentary team. Yeah. Do you think you would be able to disguise your disdain for certain teams? Like, to me, that reads like Cameron Ling has an issue with Essendon. He's always had an issue. It just hates them. Whatever team he barracked for as a kid, he's just always had an Essendon. And it's just bubbled up in the same way that I get angry every time Carlton do well. Do you think you could, like, for the right amount of pay, you could you could sit on that? No, I think it, you're thinking about it the wrong way around. <laughs> I think the only reason they bring me in is the opposite. Like, they're going in the direction where they want, like, somebody to be showing their full prejudice in the call like you know even just that sort of thing of just going yeah look peter wright kicked another goal but fuck him i don't like him i've never liked him he's not actually even two meters and there's a lot of people who are two meters now it just rhymes with peter i'm over this dude well let's talk about two meter peter another favorite of two guys one cup i mean fantastic i just love the fact that you have to correct anyone who calls him peter Wright. it's not peter Wright. it's two meter peter but it did sort of get me thinking about like when that nickname came along. Like it had to be around his draft year, right? Because you're not, he didn't, he wouldn't have reached two meters in high school, would he? Like that, no. that strikes me. So I would like to know when the, the moniker was first anointed on him. Like was it, and who gave it to him? Like where, where did it start? Because I, I actually typed in two meter Peter. <laughs> it was dangerous. I typed it into Google to see like how many results would come up. And it's all Peter Wright, mm. apart from there is a, I think he plays in the APL. There's a soccer player who's also two metres tall, whose nickname is Two Metre Peter. But they're the only two guys. So it's not like, you know, there's always like a red or a bluey or a bruiser, you know, one of those common kind of nicknames. It's fairly, because, you know, not everyone's two metres tall. I mean, there's a lot of two metre guys in the AFL, but I don't know. Has there been another two metre, has there been another two metre player called Peter? And why did they not get to that? Conclusion first. Is there any chance that when he was eight years old, he was known as one meter Peter? <laughs> and then they just waited? Yeah. They waited like eight years before they could add like another meter to him? Because I, I did see that like someone had uh, on Twitter, like had done all the conversions of like into centimeters, inches, feet, miles of like what two meter Peter would be known as in every sort of like metric calculation. But I was like, because it's a great nickname and it's so perfect, but it could not. I have not many people get a nickname once they're a fully grown man. Like normally, especially at a footy club, like he's been playing footy, his, you know, most of his, since a, he was like a teenager, I'm certain. And so the fact that he probably, maybe they called him Red, something, you know, unimaginative in his junior days. And then he has that growth spurt and they're like, oh, geez, like we really need to up our game here. <laughs> what are we going to do? Do you think they thought of the nickname Two Meter Peter before he made it to Two Meters? Or was it only upon him being two metres that somebody was like, oh my God, two metres and your name is Peter, two metre Peter? Or at about 195, 
did somebody go, you know, if you make it to two metres, you could be two metre Peter. And then they just like every day were measuring him up against yeah. the kitchen wall to see if he could get to two, two metre Peter. Two metre, Every pie night, every Friday at the club, <laughs> they'd measure him out. Two metres, two they, metres. They, they get him on a rack and they just try to stretch him out a little bit more. We love the nickname. We've got to make it happen. Now, uh, I, uh, uh, I've never been a member of a cheer squad. Um but I have a suggestion for the Essendon cheer squad if they okay. want to chant. And it just came to me in a burst of inspiration. So you remember that kid's song from school, the one-eyed, one-horn, flying purple people eater? Do you remember yeah. that? I do. What about? So I'm going let, to, let's come up with some lyrics. So you've got the one-eyed, one-horn, flying purple people eater. So you can change that to one-eyed, one-horn, flying purple to meter Peter. But that doesn't quite work. <laughs> so how about this? He wears a red sash on black flying pale to meter Peter. <laughs> What do you think of that? That's good. Red what? sash That's on black flying pale to meter, Peter. Peter. <laughs> so they chant Red that. Sash every on time. Black what is it? What's the middle of it? Red sash on black, on black flying pale to meter, Peter. Uh, pale. That's the one yeah. that I've got to. Yeah. Okay, right. Red sash on black flying pale to meter, Peter. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm in. Because I actually was sitting there on the couch watching it and I was like, one, horn, one. And then I got to red sash on black flying purple. And I was like, oh, that doesn't quite work. So then I went with one, red sash on black flying red to me to Peter because he's got red hair. But then I don't think you can have red and red twice in the same verse. But pale, do you think pale is enough of a distinctive quality about him? Like when you think of Peter Wright, you think, oh yeah, he's pale. I mean, you think redhead, you think tall. That's probably third on the list, right? Is so, it third? well... Do we not just say tall then? Is it not like flying tall to meter, Peter? Red sash on black flying tall to meter, Peter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> Look, let's put it open uh, to the listeners out there. Uh, hit us up. If you can think uh, yeah. of a better version of the Peter Wright song to uh, Purple People Eater, uh, hit us up at, at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the Cats had another win, just uh, re establishing their credentials. Um, who did they I play? Geelong. And Who did Geelong play? They beat the Giants in Canberra. It was, a, it was everyone uh, after the Giants' big win the week before. Everyone thought, "Oh, this would be a close contest." It wasn't. Mm. Uh, Jeremy Cameron on fire. We talk about biases we have against teams. It's, it's, it's not that I hate Geelong, but it's kind of like I've never really watched an episode of Law and Order mm. ever, like any of the versions of it, and I do kind of get annoyed that it's always. On. It's like, come on, how many episodes? And that's my feeling with Geelong is like, are they ever bad? Like they're always just thereabouts and they're always like winning games. And I just would like them to be like mediocre just for a period. Doesn't I know what long. you mean. I think Law and Order is a good example because there's different franchises. You know, there's the the Bomber Thompson Geelong years and there's the Chris Scott you know, Geelong years and there's different generations and the cast changes a little bit, but there's always kind of just a regular <laughs> yeah. familiarity to the fact that like, some like sex worker is going to be murdered before the opening credits. You'll get the little, you know, in, in the criminal justice system, there are two separate yet equally important stories. <laughs> like it is predictable, isn't it? It's yeah. just always on. Yeah. It's sort of, it's, it's, I, I, look, it must be comforting to be a Geelong fan, but the fact that they haven't won a flag and only played in one grand final in the last 11 years. Like if you were a cat supporter, do you take that and go, Oh yeah, well, we haven't had the ultimate success, but we've never been bad. Like, I go to most games assuming we're going to win. It's hard to know. Like, I've been wrestling with that a bit this season because that's what I've been thinking as a Bulldogs fan. Is it better to, like, have your hopes up all season and then have them dashed at the end of it? Or is it better to kind of, like, very much lower your expectations about the, what the possible... I mean, the only way now, where the Bulldogs are at, like, it's not like the season's over for the Bulldogs, but so many injuries. Like, you know, we've lost a bunch of games that we should have won if we were going to yeah, aim to finish top four. We might still sneak into the eight. And, you know, with the Bulldogs, if they got a run on, you know, they could sneak in the eight and, you know, maybe try to do it all again. But this pressure that it's going to be your team or that your team might have. Like, if you're a Brisbane fan at the moment, it must be a really tough thing to be dealing with because you would have so much hope an expectation, mm. excitement about how well your team is playing, but tempered by the fact that like Melbourne is still in the competition. <laughs> and regardless of how good your team is going, they're still not going anywhere near as good as Melbourne's going. 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I know when, like in 09, I felt good, but there was Geelong to contend with. They were easily the best team going around. And then in 2010, we were good, but then there was Collingwood to contend with. And you're right. You can never really relax. Like Melbourne fans can relax. In fact, they seemed very relaxed, the Melbourne fans I was sitting amongst on the weekend. But we'll get to that. I just want to, on the, on the Geelong game, there was a, an interesting thing that happened. So after the game, Chris Scott called all the players into a huddle and obviously like, you know, was given them some kind of rev up or affirmation of that's how we do it. You know, we travel into state, blah, blah, blah. And so the commentators really fascinated to know, well, this is unusual, like to get the players together in a huddle after the game on the ground. What did he have to say? And so he grabbed, they grabbed a couple of players and, and this is what they told us. I went to grab you for an interview and Scotty was talking, so I wasn't going anywhere near that, uh, the, the, the huddle. What did, what did he say to you just then when he put all you guys together? If I'm being totally honest, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked Jeremy Cameron what Scotty said, and he was brutally honest. He had no idea. Can you tell us what he said when he pulled you guys in? Just then, I was actually giving a ball to a kid, so I actually didn't hear it either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's your big Friday Night Lights moment. This is where you galvanise your team. One of your players was listening, but it, no, none of the words sank in. The other one was off giving a ball to a kid in the crowd. <laughs> I mean, is there any chance, though, that, like, Chris Scott has said, like, this feels very Chris Scott to me, that he would give them the rev up, but then he would say, and if any fucker asks you about this, you deny that I oh, said yeah, anything right. or I'll fucking murder you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, what happens so then, at Cat Club stays in Cat Club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then they all have to wander over to their interviews going, oh, I don't know, I think I got concussion in the final <laughs> quarter, I've got to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't hear what he said. Well, Toby Green was doing his best to um, dish out concussions in that game. And I had another revelatory moment with Toby Green. Like, Mm. what is it about him that is so unnerving? And I finally hit upon what it is. He's expressionless. Like Toby Green, you never see him exultant. You never see him angry. Like even when he's like kicking someone in the head or, or elbowing someone in the throat or whatever, he's just like a... He's like Mike Myers. He's just like, not the comedian Mike Myers, the serial killer Mike Myers. <laughs> Although maybe, you know, he does do a bit of uh, Austin Powers on the side. <laughs> but he has that kind of like resting heart rate of a serial killer look about him at all times. You know, a bit like yeah. Brian Lake when he played, it was like there is something going on under the surface that is dark and scary. I don't want to know about it. How can he be so calm when committing such acts physically? <laughs> Yeah, and then we kind of found out what was going on underneath Brian Lake. <laughs> it turns out that your suspicions were correct. So, um, I like with Toby, I do agree. He just has that face of like blank, blank, like the devil's eyes, <laughs> blank in a way that is just so unnerving that you project your own neuroses onto the blank space that is his face. Like it yeah. is, it's not even blank. It's like a black hole that sucks your emotions <laughs> in and projects them back to you from his face. Well, isn't it the way that uh, in, in Jaws, the first Jaws, the way um, uh, Quint describes a shark's eyes is like a shark's eyes. Like, you know, you know, they, they never see an expression until they go in for the kill and then yeah. they widen and roll. <laughs> I mean, as Toby Green approaches the pack, they should play the Jaws theme on the loudspeaker. Yeah. <laughs> the Giants, that's what I would like to see. Well, um, I went to, uh, flew to Melbourne for the Saints Days game. I made myself this promise. I said, if we beat Port uh, last week, then we'll be uh, six games on the run undefeated and then we'll be taking on the reigning premiers. What a perfect way to reintroduce myself to football in Melbourne. Haven't been to a game in Melbourne in years. Haven't been to the MCG in in years, I don't think. Um, We lost that game to Port, but I still was like, you know what? Why not? It'll be a fun trip. You know, uh, we can test ourselves against the best team going around. Uh, not a cheap flight to get down from where we live to Melbourne. It's like two flights a day. So you really pay through the nose for it. But I was like, as long as I see the boys put in some effort, um, I'll, I'll be happy with that. I'm going in not expecting a win, but as long as we don't get blown away. Okay, so as a return on your investment, how do you feel? Uh, well, look, here's the thing. I saw my boys put in an effort, but they still got blown away. <laughs> so I don't know how I feel. It's even worse, it. isn't it? They tried their best and were nowhere near good enough. Uh, well, the worst part too was I was gifted some tickets. That was part of the motivation okay. to go down. Someone said, I can sort you out. So I was like, well, free tickets, you know, that, you know, that, that, that takes care of, of a chunk of cost. 
But uh, what I wasn't informed was it was uh, in the Melbourne Coterie, like in front of the president's lunch. <laughs> so we were surrounded. I took my brother and my mate Nick, all Sainers, and uh, we were surrounded by uh, Demon supporters. And look, they're just amazing to watch. Like I, I did, I've used this quote before, this quote from Predator 2. <laughs> Gary Busey, when describing the Predator, says, I admire it for, not for what it does, but for what it is. And that's what Melbourne are like. I've, that's the first time I've seen Melbourne live since they've become the Melbourne that we know. They're incredible. Like, they are such a well-drilled team of superstars. Like, we admittedly did not go in with our best game plan. We changed things around after halftime and, and, and played a bit more aggressive brand of football. But they just don't give you an option. They move like this grid. Every player can play offense and defense. And they just move all 18, 18 players in formation around the ground. So you never have any space. Like they dare you to move the ball quickly because they're like, oh, we've got Lever and May. And then they dare you to kick to a contest because yeah, we've got Petrarca and Oliver and, 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 and Viney. Like I don't know who's going to beat them this year. Like even as good as Brisbane are, I just have, I don't think I've seen a team this well drilled since the Hawks like, you know, six years ago. But I agree with your description of I dare you. That does yeah. feel like, like if Melbourne have a motto over their door as they run out onto the field, I bet it's, I fuck, go on, I fucking yeah. dare you. You, you try that. You try that right now and see how that goes. That seems to be their entire attitude on the field and it's irrepressible. Yeah. I mean, look, their, their performance in on-field is intimidating. What is not intimidating is the build-up they have at a home game. Okay. So we're sitting, we're sitting there in the stands and they're playing like all the rock music as the, as the banners are going up for the players to run through. And when you say rock music, what are we talking? Well, <clears throat> Metallica. Okay. And uh, uh, I've asked my podcast Mike to recreate because uh, this is what I heard. As uh, so, the Saints have already run out. A home team comes out last, so the banner goes up, and Enter Sandman is rocking. And this is this is what they do at the MCG for a Melbourne home game. Now, <laughs> I'm no DJ, Will. I'm no DJ. <laughs> but I don't think those two tracks mix that very well at all. Tough transition, I've got to be honest with you. Although, is it? Because when I first said to Podcast Mike, I sent him a message at the game. I, I texted him and I said, hey, man, can you put together like a 15-second clip where you mix Enter Sandman with um, uh, It's a Grand Old Flag? And so he sent back and he used the intro from Into Sandman and the intro of, of Grand Old Flag. And he's like, oh, is the idea that they sound similar? And I'm like, no. <laughs> the idea is they sound nothing alike. But on podcast, Mike, you know, he's a more musical than I. Maybe, you know, actually, Mike, are you there? Is your mic on? There is a similar sort of beat and yeah, tempo coming into it. I will say that. that it does feel like there is something going on that has a similar... But, I mean, there's still not particularly similar are they let's be honest yeah mike so what, what 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 was your reasoning behind them sounding similar what did you think when i sent you the that track to mix together yeah i thought you were you would heard enter sandman and i thought you were like <laughs> oh this kind of sounds like the demons theme song and that's why you would ask me to splice them together to like make a point to will and then it turned out it was the opposite but i do think they actually do sound quite similar like as will said there's a there's a tempo, and I tried to flow it into each other. I think it's the beat. It's like da 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 da. da. Anyway, you guys know it. But yeah. Yeah. do you do you have the original? Do you have the original one there that you can play now? Uh, to see? I can have it in like fifteen seconds if you if you want to okay, just yeah. talk no about worries. yourselves. Yeah, while Mike pulls that up, maybe someone out there, if they've got the time, if they can do a mashup, you know, like when they do those kind of mashup tracks, if they can mash up Enter Sandman and Grand Old Flag and it works, then I will concede that it works. But to my ears, my uh, ignorant musical ears, it sounded like a complete clash and also not intimidating at all. <laughs> those horns don't intimidate anyone. I think that you could definitely do the lyrics of it's a grand old flag over the top of the music to enter Sandman. And that would sound really, you know, it's a grand, it's a grand old, old flag. flag. It's a high flying flag. It's yeah. A, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'd be more like, it's a grand old flag. It's a high no. flying flag. What, what's the chorus of it's a grand old flag? It's a Timon. 
I can't even know what's that. I, I can't even think how the chorus goes. That would be yeah. All right. Well, if someone can mash that up, Mike, have you got the have you got your version there to play? Yeah, I'll play. This is the original with the lighter yeah. intro okay. of the song. No, no, they're two completely different tempos. Like, even I know that. I mean, I don't know what the solution is for the demons, whether or not they need to, like, pick a a heavy metal song that's kind of closer in tempo, like maybe something like System of a Down or something like that. I mean, could they get Metallica, though, to do a cover version of It's a Grand Old Flag? That's what it feels like they need. And if... Any club would have the finances and connections to be able to do that. You'd imagine that Melbourne could get Metallica yeah. and, involved. And Maxi right? Gorn looks like a guy who would, would rock be out in Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> could possibly yeah. be in the band Metallica. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, it's time for everyone's favourite segment. It's the pro- po- <laughs> favourite everyone's favourite segment, but mine. Who I can never remember the name of it. <laughs> the pocket profile pocket. Uh, can we play the theme? Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. Okay. And uh, this week's uh, Pocket Profile Pocket is Brisbane Lion Darcy Fort. What do you know about Darcy Fort? Oh, my God. (laughs) This is not a confident start for me because I'm not sure that I could even identify what position on the field Darcy Fort plays. I've heard the name. Like, this is not the first time I've heard the name Darcy Fort. Like... It, it's a cool sounding name, you know. If like if somebody came to your school and their name was Darcy Fort, you'd be like, "There's a new cool kid at school, and his name's like." Or it sounds like, you know, perhaps something that they had to defend in Game of Thrones. Like, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll ride to Winterfell, but we'll camp over at Darcy Fort. Okay, well, I, look, I don't know who Darcy Fort is either. I pick these pocket profiles based on an answer. Yes. All it takes is one answer. I think, oh, we can get some material out of this, which there is in this. Okay, so Darcy Fort, um, he plays the Brisbane Lions, of course. He's a 204-metre ruckman, two-metre Darcy, <laughs> who also plays forward. He was drafted by Geelong, um, made his debut in 2019, and then obviously moved to the Lions after that. Uh, how many games has he played? Okay, so he played eight games for Geelong, and he's played seven for the Lions. So he's played 15 games in total, which is why neither of us have heard of him. He's um, a 204-centimetre Darcy. <laughs> There you go. Perfect. Okay, so we don't need to discuss how well you think you know Darcy Ford, but maybe this will work in your favour. Maybe this is your Essendon v Hawthorne game where no one expects you to win, but you're just going to just, you you can play with absolute freedom now because there's nothing to lose. You don't have to get into the mind. You don't know the mind of Darcy yeah, Ford. There's no expectation that I might actually know any of the answers. So anything <laughs> is a bonus. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. <clears throat> Uh, his favourite non-AFL sporting team, uh, which is an NFL team. Ooh, okay. Um, the, the um, is it, uh, oh God, I don't even Very know. successful in the last decade. Okay, so the, the ones that uh, Tom Brady used to play for who are called Correct. the New England Patriots. Correct. Ding. Uh, does Darcy Fort go to AFL games when his team is not playing? Now, there's a clue here. Yes. He's emphatic. He's emphatic in his answer. Positive Ooh. or negative, it's emphatic. Okay. So Darcy Port plays in Brisbane. <clears throat> so, um, and it's go to games when his team is not playing. So it really only mean he was going to Gold Coast games, which, I mean, he's barely going to Brisbane games from what we've read out about his career. <laughs> so um, I'm going to say no, an emphatic no. Correct. He says, no chance. (laughs) There is no chance. (laughs) Like, look, I'm sure they drafted him to the Lions for a reason. But if I was a coach, I'd be like, have you seen Darcy's pocket profile? Like, he's not, he doesn't love footy like some players. He says there's absolutely no chance he'd go see a game if he's not playing in it. It's like when, was that quote Elle McPherson gave where she said she would never read a book she hadn't written or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that Darcy, well, I mean, he's a... I imagine he's a transport from another sport, right? 204 centimetres, they've spotted him playing yeah. some other sport and they've Basketball. brought him into the AFL. So maybe he wasn't raised like... And again, you've only got Gold Coast games to go and watch when you live in Queensland. So I mean, having said that, he does have an extent... Like, generally, 15-game players do not have extensive 
Wikipedia pages, he's got at, at least five paragraphs. Okay. Like, he, so maybe the one, I'm saying if there's anything interesting about. No, he's played football his whole life. Mm. He wasn't. He was recruited from uh, Geelong Falcons. So. Okay. Yeah, he should know better than that, Darcy. <laughs> scolding him. But you, the exciting news is you're two for two, Will. Okay, good. Okay. Now, uh, I'll give you a clue on this one as well. Should the centre bounce be retained? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, he, it's, a, it's funny. It's full of personality, this answer. And um, he has a bet each way. Uh-huh. But what I'm looking for in your answer is why he has, he's put a bet each way. Um, so that's, I mean, is it something to do with his individual level of performance in the ruck? Like, is it something that? Mm, no, no, okay. no. More, more to do with, uh, more to do with. Life is a game of luck. To quote Titanic, "Will life? All life is a game of luck." Okay, so, so is it about uh, the depending on whether I get the luck of the bounce? I like the bounce as depending on whether I get the luck of the bounce. Correct. Should the bounce be retained? Yes, when they bounce my way. Yep. No, when they don't. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm already liking Darcy Fort. Darcy attitude, is actually. full of character. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real, he's a real character. Okay. So, um, this is the in the final two minutes of the first quarter. And you're playing well. You're on fire. Just get the ball to Anderson. That's what they're saying. Uh, yeah, I've been <clears> assisted well, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> get, one of my teammates is trying to get me in a bit, bit, bit of form. He's handballing to me in the goal square occasionally. His non-football wish for 2022 mm-hmm. is... Now, um, it's again, it's a kind of jokey answer. It's about a teammate. Um, how would I say this? Uh, like a he well-known has to- teammate? Yes, okay. yes. Um, a, a teammate who is very active on socials. Okay, yep. So um, it's about Mitch Robinson. About Mitch Robinson. Um, he wants to take part in something that Robbo does. Yeah, he wants to be in one is, of Robbo's Twitch streams. Ah, oh, mate. You know what you did? You spent it before you had ah. it. I was about to give you a, a real good clue there. And you just, you signaled you wanted the ball on your head. And I'm like, mate, I'm just going to pop it on you. Just lead it up, lead up to me. <laughs> He wants to get on Robbo's podcast. Oh, okay. I was going to give you a clue about something that we do, but it's all right. I actually, I'm, I'm, I might not have even guessed that because I did not know that Robbo had a podcast. I mean, I didn't know that either, but it, does it surprise you it in any way? It doesn't surprise me, but I just didn't know that it existed. I might have a dip into that podcast. I'd like to hear what the thoughts of Mitch Robinson are. That might be I reckon the, might be Robbo's great. Robbo's great. I follow a lot of... He does these little vlogs for the Brisbane Lions. He's funny. Like, I actually think he is a... He's going to be... Like when he, because I reckon he's probably only got a year or two left. He's going to be fine in not just like traditional media, legacy media. Will I think he's going to he's going to be pushing the boundaries of new media. Well, I mean, obviously the only competition he has is from the three word Twitter master Charlie Cameron, who I noticed on the weekend that Channel Seven were like. (laughs) Channel 7 are doing Charlie Cameron tweets on their coverage now. I was like, one of the most niche parts of this podcast for the last... The one thing that you're like, well, no one's ever going to steal our fascination with the three-word tweets of Charles Cameron. And then I see on the 7 AFL feed, they're featuring Charlie Cameron's tweets. Like you're right too. It's a niche of a. It's a niche part of a niche podcast. Like we are the niche of the niche, and it got reused. My inbox filled up with people sending me that tweet. My question is, who is Jack Harlow? I mean, me and me and Charlie Cameron might be on the same page because I don't know who he is. Jack Harlow's a uh, rapper, a, a modern oh, okay. day uh, rapper, actor, and I believe he's just been cast in the remake of White Men Can't Jump. Oh, all right, okay. What is your scariest non-football moment? Um, it's a movie. It's a scary movie, like Supernatural. It's one of those ones, you know how you always complain that it's always about a creepy kid or your house yeah. is weird or whatever. Like, it's one of those ones. So just have a stab at one of those Blumhouse-y type. What's the first one that comes to head, your mind? Oh, how about it? I'll give you a clue. Okay. Um, if Mark Mitchell... <laughs> If Mark Mitchell was sitting in on your trial, no, if yeah. Mark Mitchell was adjudicating on your trial, you yeah. might say... He's a conjurer. A conjurer. <laughs> yes, well done. That was actually a good clue. That got Except me the answer I... is conjuring. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. I just wanted to solve the clue. I don't care about the movie at this point. I'm just glad that I finally understood one of those clues. 
Uh, if you listen to this episode, uh, this week's episode of Tofot, which is our other podcast you can find at tofot.com, uh, Will quizzes me in the same way that I quiz him, and it's infuriating. I finally understand how hard it is to answer these questions. Okay, you're, this is great, Will. Okay. Start of the second quarter as you as you started the first. So, um, who rules the house? Who rules the roost in your household? Okay, interesting. Um, so, do you want to? Are you feeling confident? Do you want to have a complete stab at this, or do you want a clue? Um, I don't, no, so he's young, so he yeah, might not. That's good. You're yeah. on the right track. So he might not have a wife or anything, I would say. Like, so I'm not going to say it's like his wife. Um, it could be an animal, like, he could have an animal. Um, it could be like a housemate. I, he wouldn't live at home with mum and dad because he's from Geelong, so it's not going to be mum or dad. This is good deduction. You watched a lot of Sherlock, you? like, you're really good at this. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say, does he live with someone? I'm tossing up between an animal and living with someone. Either those two, the... Well, my clue is, if this was um, who wants to be a millionaire, that's your 50-50. So you're right. One of those answers is correct. Damn it. Uh, Okay, I'm just going to go with his dog. Correct. Oh, Oh, this is beautiful to watch. I'm loving this. Um, he did his Oz kick in Aspley, which is in Queensland, uh-huh. which probably explains why he's gone back to the Lions. Okay. Um, okay. What was the common theme of his school report? Uh, two-word answer and a positive two-word answer. Um, and, 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 and an extra clue, alliter- alliteration. Oh, um, okay. Uh, it's positive. Um, yeah. It's two, two word words. Answer. Uh Something well works well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, You're in yeah. the zone. Uh, Think about specifically uh, what a student gets, uh, how uh, they are evaluated. Um, or like uh, uh, top marks, top t- tier, Close. top. You're getting there. Uh, yeah. What's uh, another word for mark in, in schooling terms? Uh, top. No, 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 don't have it. Didn't come to me. What is it? <laughs> Good grades. Oh, good grades. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, did he have a part-time job while at school? Mm, interesting. Darcy Fort. What was mm. Darcy Fort doing to earn a crust as a teenager? Or did he? Mm. Just if you give me yes or no and an extra points. Yeah. I know, I've just given I'm gonna, away I'm going to say there. yes, he did. Yeah, because I, I basically... Oh, it's yeah, okay. I was going to say yes, he did anyway. Right. But I uh, am trying to speculate okay. on so, that. My clue is it's not an answer that anyone has given before. Okay, so it's not McDonald's, it's not Paper Root. No, no, but it is. Oh, okay. This might be too much for clue, but it's a it's a job that some kids have at school. Okay, it's a job that some kids have at the actual school. At the actual school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. I didn't Parents know. often do it as well. Oh, the tuck shop, lunch. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, right. Kiosk. He worked at the kiosk and he hated it. Oh, <laughs> He really? hated it. Oh, mate. When at my high school, if you could get into the tuck shop, that was just like license to steal donuts. <laughs> like I was you would say, just... I went to a school where they did not trust the children behind the counter at the <laughs> not tuck at shop. They weren't, implying, they weren't employing any of the inmates to run the kitchen. There was no... no. Yeah, that's right. You just leave the tuck shop and you just happen to leave the door open. You jam a brick in the door and your mates can then sneak in afterwards and get some Mars bars. Yeah, just going out okay. into the playground afterwards and like, you know, <laughs> dropping sausage rolls out of the bottom sure of your pants. Shawshank Redemption just style. Just like shaking them out of the bottom of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, Charlie dropped a Chiquito. No, 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 that's not a Chiquito. <laughs> uh, okay, which teammate should run for political office in the future? Okay. Uh, famous, like a well-known teammate. Well-known teammate mm-hmm. uh, is a Western Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Lockie Neal. No, oh. um, he's a Western has played his entire career at the Lions. Uh, Daniel Rich. Daniel Rich, uh, best storyteller at your club. A player I haven't heard of. Okay. A first name Darcy. Oh, another Darcy. Yeah, another Darcy. Okay, they're no. the Jacks of it's like the the Jacks of Brisbane, the Darcys. <laughs> the Darcys of the Darcys of Queensland. That actually sounds right. That sounds like a sequel to McLeod's Daughters. You know, the Darcys, <laughs> the Darcys of Queensland. Of Queensland. <laughs> uh, Darcy Wilmot apparently is the best storyteller. Okay. Okay. 
We've got some cheek coming up uh -huh. now. All right, good. Rate your cooking skills from one to five. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, I, he doesn't cook at all. He only, someone else cooks for him. He doesn't, uh, uh, you, yeah, you're right, but in the other direction. Oh, okay. He does all the cooking. He's a gun. Or he rate, you get to rate him out of five. Oh, five. Five, five. out of five. Yeah, five, which uh, is another little great reference to our other podcast, Tofop. I'm not going to say <laughs> anymore, but just go listen to Tofop the last five weeks. You, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, okay. Now, this to me was the answer that made me think we have to talk about okay. this. This to me is akin to Matt Rowell's response oh, with uh, his favorite dish. Chorizo pasta. I'm fascinated, especially considering he rates himself yeah, a, five a five out of five, out of five as a chef. cook. So yeah. I'm going to say this is something that doesn't sound particularly gourmet, uh, despite the fact that he reckons he's <laughs> yeah. a five out of five chef, is the angle that yeah, we're yeah, pursuing yeah. here, yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. All okay. Right. Now, I don't even know how I'm going to give you a clue no. on this. Okay. All right. Okay. It's a pub standard uh -huh. combined with what you might get at a health food store. Oh, combined, you might get at a health food store. Yeah. In fact, you can probably get this specific meal at a health food store. Mm. Like I'm sure you like if, you know, because think about what you, you know, when you go to like a soul kitchen or whatever and they yeah. have like their salads and stuff and then they'll yeah. have their other yeah. things it, like it's in the other things parmigiana or something parmigiana related or like yeah yes but like even what? too that's fan that's even too fancy <laughs> <laughs> like parmigiana get out of here get out of here with your italian mate bloody hell it's australia uh, well, you know what a chicken schnitty like some sort of schnitty uh but what's the health food option is it like a yeah. is it an eggplant is it a no 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 just basic think about how it's presented Oh. Yeah, I want a chicken schnitzel. Um, health, what's a healthy version of a chicken salad. schnitzel? A chicken schnitzel and salad, a chicken schnitzel without the schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> a chicken schnitzel wrap. Oh, so that is oh my God. the guy who's a five out of five chef. Yeah, His signature dish is a chicken schnitzel wrap, which I don't even know counts as like... A meal, does it? Like, I'm not sure. That... I, well, unless he's actually making the schnitzel himself. Otherwise, you're just preparing that. That's not yeah. cooking. That's just <laughs> you taking ingredients and wrapping them together. Um, okay. More cheeky answers okay. coming. Right. This third quarter, he's got you, yeah, I feel no, like. No, he's just true. throwing you. He's getting too cheeky. Uh, he's cheeker than Jack Ginevan. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> What's your worst ever cooking disaster? Um, cheeky answer. Okay. Cocky answer. Never had one. Never cooked a bad meal. Mm. Is he a golf, tennis, or neither dude? Ooh. Feels like he's too... I'm going to say neither. Golf? Yeah. This is a bad quarter yep. for you. That's all right. That's all right. Just got to play it to the end. <laughs> Have you ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? Yep. No. Oh, oh. terrible quarter. Yeah, it's all right. Terrible quarter. Yeah, you haven't got one. Oh. <laughs> without without me handballing you in the goal square, you haven't yeah, got one. Yeah, no, this is bad. Can Darcy, like, just... can Darcy keep a secret? Mm. Yes. He's fancies no. himself as a guy. No. Oh, no. no. <laughs> this no. is disastrous. What, a, what happened? Oh, God. Mate, you were 30 points up at quarter. the half time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's see if we can get you back with a bit of assistance from your old pal, Charlie. Uh, Hang on, just, can we just, just one sec, I just need to deal with yep. it. Yep. I'll, I'll literally have a beat. 10 seconds. Okay. All right. I am, okay. Uh, I'm back. I feel back. like I needed a little bit of break. I've, I've uh, shaken out that terrible third quarter. That was... I, I, I feel like the vision was you being called to the bench and you just get the phone. You're on the phone straight uh -huh. away, just nodding. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so right. Darcy's idea of a perfect day, it's nothing like his, that we've heard before. There's no, you know, breakfast with the family or okay. anything like that. It's again, it's a joke. And I would say this would be further um, concern for the coaches at Brisbane 
Because he is saying that his perfect day is when a specific thing at Doesn't training happen. gets cancelled. Yeah, so I was going to say when training gets cancelled. So I was going a bit too broad. You're right, so, you're right. Yeah. Um, Go specific. But it's a specific uh, thing. Specific to the pre-season. Oh, so, okay. Something about like running, something about like uh, when yeah. something what gets, do they, some sort of like they, um, what do time they do trials, every, when time trials yeah, get cancelled. That's right. The 3K time trial. Nice little... Handball over the top. Right. <laughs> nice, cheapy, cheapy in the goal square. Gets your confidence Good. back up. Okay, more jokes. Darcy is doing a tight five. That's I mean, what I'm it feeling is like tough now. when, you know what he's playing? Chaos ball. He's defeating me yes. with chaos ball, you know? That's Nothing's right. Nothing's predictable and I can't really see where it's going anymore. <laughs> he's just surging it forward. He saw that okay. early on I was working out answers with logic. You know, I was really picking them apart. He's like, this game plan is not standing up. I've really just got to really go with some jokes now. Uh, something that you are proud of, uh, joke answer. Mm. Um, I would say that uh, Gary Ablett Jr. Mm. could not claim this. Uh, that I am a better footballer than my dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that would have been amazing. No. Um, Gary Ablett Jr., could not I'm the only person called Darcy Fort. I'm the um uh Gary Ablett Jr. More could, physical. Uh that I have a great head of hair. That I still have hair. <laughs> <laughs> and looking at his profile photo, I can see why he's made the joke, because that ain't lasting. Okay, I'm right. looking at that, it's like These oh, are that's, the last, that's... last great years of Darcy Fort's hair, is what you're saying. <laughs> that's that is retreating back faster than the Melbourne defense on a fast break. Um on the same similar theme, what's your biggest fear? Uh, losing his hair, going bald. Correct. Uh, biggest compliment you've ever received? Yeah, nice hair. <laughs> nice hair. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> really strong finish. This is a Max King style, three goals in the last quarter just to rescue your team. Uh, what TV series are you binge watching? Okay, great. I have never seen this series. I know it's quite popular. It's kind of like, it's an American comedy series. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the vein of, uh, I don't know, it's three. I'll give you a blank answer. Okay. Um, the blank blank boys. The Trailer Park Boys. Trailer Park Boys. Have you ever seen Trailer Park Boys? No, but I've heard it's funny too. Yeah. The best movie, and this is the last answer, best movie of all time. Uh, not one of the traditional Dark Knights uh, that, that is uh, the new favourite. Okay, or, good. Uh, now, so what genre of movie are we... Comedy. Doing? comedy this, I think this may tell us a lot about the answers we've heard. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a comedy. A Modern day comedy or an old comedy? No, it's, it's one of those like eminently quotable ones okay. from the 2000s starring Will Ferrell. Yeah, but I'm not like going to say which Man? one. No, mm, it's the other one. Step Brothers. That everyone quotes. Step Brothers. Yeah. Step Brothers was going to be my original answer and then I talked myself out of it. So I'm disappointed with that because I um, I will say, by the way, if, if, if you have you seen Winning Time, the Lakers story? So oh, no. If you listen no, no. to this podcast, if you're interested that. in sports, I, I think you would love Winning Time. It's about, you know, when Magic Johnson comes into the Lakers and that entire year of, I won't give any of it away, but John C. Riley plays Jerry Buss and it's just, it's, it's such a good series. It's like... Yeah, the trailer looked awesome. It's on my it's on my to-watch yeah, list. Yeah, it's really fantastic. Once I get time from... All I do is now watch is 360, waiting for Robbo to say something stupid so I can send it to podcast, Mike. So if I have time around that, I will watch the winning season. Um, all right, let's before we get to the letters, let's do some plugs. Okay. Uh, we have a, a bunch of other podcasts. Mm -hmm. We have a website you can go to to find all of them. It's tofop.com. Uh, tofop, new episode coming out this week. I can't even remember what we talked about. It was something funny. Um, I got poisoned by I ate too many, too many donuts over the weekend before I went to the Saints play and got sugar poisoning. Uh, we also do another one called Fofop where Will and I chat to other people. A uh, very special guest, uh, Adam Zwar, has come on to talk about his fantastic book, 12 Summers, which is all about his love of Australian cricket and also a memoir. Uh, Adam's had a pretty amazing uh, storied career as a writer and producer and started off as an entertainment journalist and great uh, behind the scenes stories about uh, people like Billy Idol and ACDC. Uh, so that's coming out on Tuesday. Uh, and Will, you are doing stand-up. Oh yeah, right? I still have some stand-up shows. Thanks to everyone who came in Sydney. Uh, Brisbane election weekend. So three nights of Willogical, which is my new tour. And then on the Sunday night, 
uh, two shows in a row of my improvised show, What You Talking About Will. So, um, yeah, that'd be cool if you came along and saw those. And, oh, Gruen's back. So, um, uh, if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, the first episode of Gruen Nation is on tonight, Wednesday night, uh, 8 o'clock, half an hour earlier than we normally are, or you can catch the episodes, of course, on ABC IV. And if you would like to send us a message, you can, at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. Let's start with the gram. Uh, A lot of very uh, happy Frio supporters out there at the moment, as they should be. Uh, it's a shame that you're going to have to trade out your captain, Nat Fife, um, but uh, things are going really well. Uh, Withers, Virginia, says, can we come up with a new nickname for Frio debutante and future full forward Jai, Jai Amos called Nev, as in never miss? Not enough steps, I don't think, in that. That's my, that's my response. I mean, it's good, though. Like, Nev amiss. Like, I think that's pretty... Like, it's a pretty solid nickname like sometimes maybe you know what all i would like is for there to be eight steps between it i know at the moment there is only two steps between it but just find (laughs) a way to be like jai jai courtney courtney love love hate hate you know um hate missing the bus this (laughs) (laughs) you know i've gone back to his last name Uh, Brian Lightning wants to know, for Heritage Round, can goal umpires go back to wearing lab coats? Yeah, I'd love that. I think that's a great yeah. idea. A Heritage Round, not only that, Everything. Let, have the players go back to the lace-up guernseys yeah. and the old boots, those old ankle-high boots that weighed a ton. Heritage Just Round rules. To go back. I, I yeah. suggest that we play literally whatever the rules of the era we're celebrating a Heritage Round. So we pick a year from the AFL calendar, whether it's been like this year we're celebrating like 1973 or whatever it is, and like, the, we you play, play by the rules that were the the game was played in 1973. Yeah, yeah no women are allowed in the ground. 15 metre penalties, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, Keegs wants to know, have we seen Max Gorn's theory on paper, rocks and, paper rock and scissors that paper wins 80% of the time? I had not seen that, but I, uh, I think that's, I, I agree with that. I think pay, people underestimate paper. They think that scissors and rock are more, much more aggressive and will win, but I think, I think paper does win. Hang on. Uh, that is like such but, an interesting question. Like, because I'd imagine that it's just like one in three, right? Yeah, I guess so. 30%, the, <laughs> 30% of the time it wins or 80% of the time. Uh, Duncan wants to know, was Jack Darling pretty much nude in the change rooms? I've DM'd your pick. I will not be opening that. No. Uh, uh, Walsh wants to know, what level is the sink killing me at? Not too high because we lost to the reigning premiers. Yeah. We were far off the pace. I think we faced Geelong this week, and I think we have like Adelaide away. I see, I just I feel like this killing me moment is going to be much more like just say you know uh, we need to win a game against North to get into the finals, and then we have six players admitted due to COVID. That's that's what I'm anticipating will happen. So losses to kind of favourites doesn't really phase me as a St Kilda supporter. Although I must admit, I was expecting to hate the Melbourne supporters around me uh, a lot, but they were fine. It was the St Kilda supporters. Like I actually <laughs> left the ground going, fuck, what a bunch of paranoid androids is moaning Marvin the robots are. Oh God, like this one guy actually, he was like, oh, Seb Ross, you, you pack your bags. And I was like, mate, what are you talking about? He's been one of our best midfielders. You don't know what you're talking about and like they just Brad Hill was one of the few players actually doing something actually trying to be creative of half back they moved him there in the second half they just couldn't get off his back and it's like at least he's doing something shut up shut up I do not identify as you I'm thinking maybe I've, I've done something terrible with this you think killing me um, okay can, Jem Jem wants to know can we talk about Archie Perkins uh, uh, Archie Perkins nickname should be Cheese it works for his first and last name Archie Perkins? Cheese Perkins? I don't I mean, get that. I, d- I don't understand that. Archie <laughs> Cheese? Is there a Perkins Cheese? I, I don't, like, neither of those things seem to work with cheese. Uh, sure, Shane. Uh, sorry. Um, or is mate, it one of those uh, things where it's like, it is like Archie, Jughead, Jughead eats hamburgers, uh, right. what's in hamburgers, <laughs> cheese, cheese. Like, is it that? Is that what you're it, saying? It might be the most brilliant nickname that we are just too dumb to figure out. So I'm willing to, uh, I'm willing to go with that. Uh, Mangoriend says, Shawshank the Dark Knight, what film of recent times will be the 
the the new movie for most footballers. Mm. Well, according to Charlie Cameron's Twitter, his latest post was Avengers Infinity War, best movie ever. Yeah. So I'm thinking in maybe ten years time that might that might take the title. Yeah, I feel like that could be a best movie ever for a while. I don't feel like there's been any recent contenders. I yeah, mean, and Marvel new... dominates, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay, this is from Spewin McGregor. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to hear Will's on board the Purple Vein train this yep, year. I, am. I have a flannel, shortcut beanie, and swan draft long neck sent to you. Are you happy with that? Yeah, uh... I'm all aboard, Freo. Like, I, I think the way they play is fantastic. Like, Brayshaw, I mean, I know that he's having, like, a, you know, his best season, but I do feel like he really has suffered from... A, being in Western Australia and B, being in the shadow of, you know, Nat Fife and like Nat mm. being away and him having this moment to himself has just shown us all what an incredible, you know, footballer S- he is. Speaking speaking of Brayshaw's, Angus yesterday, like, was just right. everywhere, just yeah. cut us to pieces. Mate, he's out of contract this year. Yeah. He can, he can ask for a lot. Like, I hope Frio has some money in the war chest. Like, maybe they should trade Nat Fife because... I reckon if they get the two Brayshaws together, that will be a fairly dominant midfield for years to come. Well, he you know awesome. what will probably end up happening. Brayshaw will go to Frio, but Nat Fife will go to Melbourne. <laughs> uh, Matt says, and this is more a question for, uh, for Tofop, mm. but Dwayne Russell just rhymed Dawson with awesome. Mm. Thoughts, Will? Yeah, well, I mean, if we're going by what Dwayne Russell does, his name's not even Dwayne. <laughs> Uh, Jesse says, can we talk for an hour about uh, Draper galloping through the midfield and laughing when he got caught? Yes, I did catch that moment. By the way, uh, I don't know who Hawthorne's Ruckman is. Max, is it somewhere or another? But two mullets going at it in, in the centre square was no end of amusement. But yeah, Draper's run out of the middle. And like, there's something about a Ruckman. You always think of like that famous footage of Justin Madden, like when they like, try and take a bounce. Like, the, their bodies just aren't made for like running <laughs> like this. They're too big. Like every part moves independently as they run. It's like some kind of weird art installation. But yeah, the fact that he got caught and had a laugh. I'm like, oh, there's some good Danaher vibes about that. Uh, a genuine question from Sarah. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. For Will, this is from Mikey. If it's not bad enough having to endure our own premiership hangover after 2016, this year we've taken upon ourselves to suffer through Melbourne's mm. as well. Should we get Clarko? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that we need to get Clarko. I think Bevo needs a year off after each premiership tilt. That This is what we're hearing now. So maybe you could just get Clarko in for... Bevo gets us to another grand final and then the next year you get Clarko in for a year. Like, the Clarko talk is now... Absolutely all over the place, isn't it? There was the rumour that eight clubs had sounded out Clarko about his availability. Really? Do you do you think oh there would God. there would be as many as eight clubs that like the Bulldogs wouldn't? Bevo's coach for as long as Bevo wants to be the coach for it, the Bulldogs. Like but I'd be interested to know what stage of the season he was sounded out. Mm. Because, and, and who was doing the sounding? Because I don't think Essendon would have at the start of the year that but then maybe after round six, they're like, oh, you know, maybe we should see what Clarko's doing. And the Saints might be different. The, might, the Saints might have sounded him out at the start of the year and then gone, oh, you know what, Rats is doing okay. We'll just, you know, put that on hold. So, yeah, I can believe that. Maybe various stages. Maybe there's not eight suitors at the moment, but it wouldn't surprise me if eight clubs. I mean, he's, well, according to Kane Corns, he's overrated. Overrated. No good. <laughs> Barely won a game in his last six years. What are you talking what about? What are his weapons, Will, as a coach? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Uh, Matthew says, Will is on board with Frio yep. and is an export Adelaide believer. So there's a real maritime theme there. Who is the team that Charlie can find some hope in when the Saints aren't good enough to beat the Premiership favourites? Uh, that's easy. The Suns. They had a great win on the weekend. Yeah. I was so happy for them. I can't believe we didn't talk about this. The Swans. The Suns beat the Swans. I like. I know nothing. They've got about, the wood over them. I know the, nothing the Suns about have this the wood game over them at the SCG. I've been, I've been working, and I came home and I saw the result, and I was like, literally thought. I put my glasses on to check it again because I was like, <laughs> hang on, did the Suns beat the Swans? It's funny too because it was one of those classic games that the Suns play where in the first quarter they had all the ball but they just kept squandering opportunities. They kicked like two goals, six or something. And then the Swans kind of caught up to them at half time. And then the third quarter was a bit of an arm wrestle and you're like, oh, here's the moment where the Suns, it's a brave effort but they just capitulate. But they didn't. And Isaac Rankin 
was a completely new player. They moved him out of the forward line. They gave him complete freedom to move around the ground. Turns out he's a pretty good footballer. <laughs> when you give him license to be creative and he doesn't have to like stick to a role in the forward line. He was amazing. It was a, it was a really good win. So yeah, look, um, I'm always a Saints man, obviously, but I can get behind the Suns. I would like, I would really like to see them make finals this year and just give the AFL a real problem when it comes to giving Alistair Clarkson a new job. Uh, I think okay. like OGWS. That, that to me feels like the most likely now because it's still an AFL team, GWS. They've got enough like good players that Clarko would be excited about the idea that he could go to GWS and do something with that list. And I think that unfortunately for Leon, the way that GWS are going, I, I can't see. I just think that AFL would love the idea they had someone as high profile as Alistair Clarkson coaching. If they can't get him to the Gold Coast, they'd be happy to have him at GWS. Uh, lastly, this is from Matthew, uh, listening to speculation on what trades West Coast can do to get draft currency. If the doggies needed a man down back, mm. what can we get for McGovern, who keeps, uh, who I keep hearing looks great this season, form and fitness, when COVID protocols aren't keeping him in on the park? So what would you be willing, would you, I mean, firstly, would you want Jeremy, Jeremy McGovern? You guys need defenders. Yes, please. What 100%. would you be willing, what would you be willing to give up? Draft well, I picks, mean, I, I, I would have thought for West Coast, what they want is a bunch of high draft picks, right? Because yeah. they have to rebuild. If I was West Coast, you kind of almost have to look at that thing going, of what we've got, what could be more valuable to some other team? Like who needs a Jack Darling? Who needs a, you know, a McGovern? And yeah, the Bulldogs, I think, would pay, like would give you decent high draft picks for a McGovern at the Bulldogs last couple of years. Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Plus, someone called Trevor Nisbet. Could, Is you he please, still the could, you, could you please get him over here? I would like that. Just leave a trail of pies from Perth to Melbourne, just to the kennel. You know what the thing is? I was going to make that joke, and then I was like, no, I really want him to come. I don't want to put him off with shit talk. Please come over. Uh, that's two guys, one cup for another week. Uh, remember, uh, we do our tips on a Thursday. Well, we do Sometimes. normally. Last week we didn't. And um, I didn't the week before. So that is a promise that we can't always keep. We, we we endeavor to our tips every Thursday, 5 p.m. Instagram Live. You can find us there at Two Guys, One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. But for now, play on, not 15. Ball. We are Two Guys, One Cup. Listener.